Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. This is the thought for this day. Our Jesus never changes. I want you to think, first of all, that this particular book, and folks, I'd like you to be into the Bible as much as possible. When I say as much as possible, take out daily time to read your scripture. You folks that get from us the daily bread, there is scripture reading there. Just cross it off, and by the time you're finished with the 12 months of the daily bread, you've finished your entire Bible. So it's an easy way to get into three or four chapters a day and at the same time be reading your Bible across the year. Why? Because the secret of our faith, the secret of our joy, believe it or not, and I'm not, I'm being as kind as I possibly can, we derive it not by how we confect a service, not by the nice things we have in a service. It's not our children's choir, it's not our special guests, it's not our musicians that sit behind us. No, 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 no. The element of faith, the element of power, the element of transformation, the element that changes your total life is the word. This is all decoration. And we thank God for it, and we ask God to anoint it. And we hope that you do have a pleasant time in the Word and in, in let's say, uh, uh, our, our, our preamble to a sermon. We pray, God, that it bless you. Uh, people have put worship up in a place and in a category today where they feel it's more important than even the Word. I'm not of that feeling. I really am not. Because I think the Word has enough power to hold itself. I think the Word has enough power to, to send truth home to us. Remember the catacombs? And if you don't, I'll tell you about them. They were the hidden channels in the Roman, underneath the, the imperial buildings and everything that you could see in Rome. And in those catacombs, the Christians hid because Nero would kill them all. And they hid then, you know the only thing they had? A candle and the letters of the apostles and the law and the prophets, the Bible. That's all they had. And when they gathered, they prayed for safety. When they gathered, they prayed for their, their well-being. And then they read the word. And they lived on that word. And this, is, this, is, this was their service. And this is the way the services were held in the homes and the way they were held in the country. Now services are very illustrious things. They can have the best of the best, and I'm not knocking. But I'm just saying, don't let anything take away from the Word of God. Read it. It's for you. It's God's power for you. It's God's truth for you. It's God's food for you. So hang on to it. The book of, of Hebrews, there's a beauty to this book. And the beauty is that Jesus is greater. It just brings out the tremendous truth 
of who Jesus is. He's greater than the angels. He's greater than Moses and the law, the sacrifices, the prophets. He's greater than the priesthood. For everything before him were just types and shadows of what he would be. And this is important that we know. Even the covenant, which is God's word that will not fail. God's word which cannot be broken. Even the covenant, when Jesus came, didn't break it. He fulfilled it. Proving once again that we couldn't. We couldn't keep it. We couldn't, it, it, it just, we didn't have the power. Jesus came and fulfilled it. And you know how we fulfill it? By hiding in him. Isn't that matchless? I can hide in Jesus Christ. I'm a big girl. I can hide in him. Oh, I'm thrilled at that. I'm, th I'm thrilled at that. When I go before God, I, I, I almost shriek at, at his power. I almost shriek at his majesty. I almost shriek at how awesome heaven must be. And I wonder. And all of a sudden, Jesus said, through my blood. And woo, I go in like a spoiled child. I've said it to you so many times. The picture that most moves my heart that has anything to do with Washington, D.C. It's a cabinet meeting in the Oval Office where the highest of highest is meeting. And all of a sudden, a photographer snapped the shot. And what nobody had noticed is that little John John was in the round part of the desk with his head sticking out. That was the three-year-old son of the president. And it's so matchless. Here, the greatest people of the greatest nation are gathering and maybe the greatest secrets are being told. But this little kid that wants to be with daddy is right under that desk and no one is taking him out. Well, I want to be, not John John, I want to be Amy Amy. And I'm a little older than John John, but that's where I want to be. I want to be in the presence of the Lord, knowing that no one can take me out. Knowing that no one has authority to whisk me away because he told me I could be there. Think of that, folks. It's most important that you do. It's most important that you do simply because the Bible teaches us our authority in Christ Jesus. Through his blood, we can come in. I want you to tell you something else. One of the most beautiful chapters in the book of Hebrews is the fourth chapter, and only talks about one thing, rest. That's all it talks about, rest. The rest that God took after he created the heavens and the earth. The rest that God gave the Israelites through the law. And now the rest that we have in Christ Jesus. You know, God knew how hectic life is. God knew what sin had done to our existence. God knew that. So in the covenant of old and in the new covenant in Christ Jesus, He's made us a good, solid promise of rest. And what do I mean by rest? Absence of fear. Absence of insecurity. The absence of confusion. Peace. Rest in God. I, I love that. Now Paul concludes to the Hebrews, and he does it in such a beautiful way. In the ninth verse, right after that eighth verse that keeps our hearts, he says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. 
in the Living Bible, he puts it this way, and I love what he says. Jesus is not, now listen to this, Jesus is not a strange new idea. Oh, I love that. Jesus is not a strange new idea. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Where do we see Jesus for the first time? Well, we didn't see him, but the scripture shows him to us before the foundations of the world. You see, that's too far for me to go back. There are things I can't fathom. There are things I can't put myself in the setting. I so belong to time. I so belong to whatever has to do with the calendar from January to December that sometimes it's hard for me to think way, way back or way, way forward. But you know, the beautiful thing is he's the same. Whether we think in terms past or we think in terms forward, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hallelujah. I love that. He's not a strange new idea. He's part of God's eternal plan. And I love that. The scripture says that spiritual strength, let's go on reading. Do not be carried away, the ninth verse. Do not be carried away by all kinds of strange teaching. It's good for your hearts to be strengthened by grace. It's good for your hearts to be strengthened by grace. Which, which I'm sorry, not by ceremonial foods, which are of no value to those who eat them. We have an altar from which those who minister at the tabernacle have no right to eat. Let me follow this through for you because it's, impo it's important. Spiritual strength is a gift from God. Spiritual strength is a gift from God. Now, let me tell you how it works. We don't produce it. You don't do something and produce strength. It's, it's, it's not a Jack LaLanne. It's not lifting weights so the muscles uh, can be seen. No, no, no. We don't produce it. God gives it through the Holy Spirit. Now you say, well, wait a minute. If we don't produce it and God gives it through the Holy well, how do we get it? Through the Word. Through the Word. The Word is our spiritual workout place. The Word is our spiritual weightlifting place. The Word is a place where you can only eat right. There's no fat stuff in there. There's no calories in the Word. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's the soundest thing on the face of the earth. I had a little fight the other day in a funeral parlor. When I go to funeral parlors, I always fight. You say, well, they're dead, so they can't answer you back. No, but I'm fighting with the living people. And I do it because people want me to understand. And I always, I always get a little ruffled when they start to shake me up a little. But I ask God for the peace, and he gives it to me. What am I trying to say? When people try to tell me and say it in an open way. Uh, sister, Mrs., ma'am, the Word of God is like any other book. I mean, it, it's a book. That's all it is. It's a book. And you can study it. 
And, and if you want to, uh, to, to make it your life, well, that's completely up to you. But it's like any other book. You see, it's that end part. Like any other book that ruffles my being, it's not. It's not like any other book. God told the men of old, write it down. Told Moses, write it down. He told the prophets, write it down. He told, why? Because he knew that next to speaking, the greatest form of communication is the written word. You couldn't hold school without written uh, notes and diagrams and, and, and situations uh, which would tell you what to do or how to do it. That's what the word of God is. Spiritual strength is a gift from God. We don't produce it. God gives it through the Holy Spirit. Now I'm going to talk about something you won't agree with me on. But that's okay. And that's a nice thing about Crossroads. You don't have to agree with us. Just be kind enough to see us later. But listen to this. This scripture says, we are strengthened by grace, not by ceremonial foods, which are no value to those that eat them. And it also goes on to say not only ceremonial foods, but also by ceremonial activities. Ah, ah, so listen. There is a theory today, and many of you have walked through that door or through the door of the chapel and have looked right into my face and you've loved me, and you say, Pastor Amy, as soon as possible, tell me what I can do here. I must get busy here. I must, I, I want to, I want to uh, secure my salvation, so I've got to work here. Well, you don't have to work here. And anybody that has spoken to me, I have shared this with you. It's hurt some of you. I don't want to hurt you. First thing you've got to do when you come to Crossroads, the very first, is just sit here, enjoy God, and enjoy us. That's all you have to do. You don't have to do a thing. You don't have to do a thing. No, 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 no. The whole idea is to wrap them because in the activities, uh, they're connected with one another. And, and in the activities, well, uh, the whole choir group watches out for the choir group and all the children's group watch out for the children's group. And the mother, th th that's what we mean. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. There isn't a job in this church, whatever it is, that will link you to God. Your child won't link you to God. I'm so glad that he is in the choir. And I want them all here. But that's not the linkage point. The linkage point is when your heart wants to touch God. And as the lady reached out for the hem of his garment, the Bible is the hem of his garment today. Reach out and touch it. Reach out and drink it. Reach out and do something with it. People say, well, well Sister Amy, what about the people that come to church? Aren't you going to let them do anything? Yes, I will. But first, be a part of our Sunday. Be a part of our Sunday school. Be a part of our prayers on Tuesday. Come on out to new beginnings. Uh, uh, hear the words of those that are hurting. Speak Spanish. Join us in our Spanish worship on Thursday. That's it. And whatever the church presents, be a part of it. And you say, well then, are you giving us a time to be able to? No. No. Whenever the Holy Spirit makes you feel it's time, go ahead. And even if you're a little hyper, we won't cast you out. But what I'm trying to say today, it isn't any job that you do. 
It's the master that you hold. It isn't any activity that you have. It's the master that you love. It isn't anything that you can do to make yourself more powerful in the Christian community. That is not it. What counts is that you be in your Bible, that you love God in such a way that no matter where you are, He is. When your smile goes out, His smile goes out. When your touch reaches, His touch reaches. Uh, when you communicate to someone, uh, you're not tearing them apart with gospel. You're sharing your love and what God's done in your life uh, in their hearts. Do you understand what I mean? We should be an ever-living, flowing presence uh, of Holy Ghost uh, with Jesus at our minds, at our lips, at our hearts. Uh, tell people about the Lord. And sometimes I can't tell them about the Lord, the place, the situation. Well, I greet people then. Hello, how are you? Some people look and say, oh, 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 oh. Some, some, some are cute enough to say, do I know you? And, and I say, no, you don't know me, but I just wanted to say hello. And they say, oh, hello. I, I remember driving with my son, Joseph. He, he, said, he said I was crazy. We'd stop at a light, and it was a summer hot day. And the taxi driver, his window was open, and he was looking at us. And I looked over, and I says, hello, how are you? And he said, what, you're lost? <laughs> I says, no, I'm, I'm not lost. I'm, I'm just saying hello. And he says, huh? Huh? Shift, and off he went. Now Joseph's over here, and he says, mama, why'd you do that? Do you know him? No. Why? I just want to say hello to the whole wide world. Mom, you know you scared that man to death. Do you think you, do you, think, do you, think you gave gospel? Oh, I love Joseph because he's so pragmatic, you know. <laughs> I still say hello to everybody. And you know, if anybody wanted to do me harm, just for that reason, they wouldn't. Una loca, déjala pasar. Let her go. I mean, you can't be bothered with a crazy lady, can you? No, it's not my only way of communicating, but I sure do try. Because you see, I don't believe in brownie points. That's what Paul was saying. No brownie points for ceremonial rules. None of them. There is nothing that will keep you linked. There is nothing that will keep you active. Nothing. There is nothing that takes the place of Jesus. Make every service. Get to love him and know him through the word. And then you know what? God will tell you where you best fit in. Uh, that's what I love. God will tell you where you best fit in. He'll tell you, hey, help the men that come and clean the church on Friday nights. Hey, uh, do this, do that. He will let you know. Now, I, li I like this scripture, the 13th verse. Won't you read it with me? Let us then go to him outside the camp, bearing the disgrace he bore. For here we do not have an enduring city but we're looking for the city that is to come. The Living Bible says something beautiful, and this is what it says, and it says it in no uncertain terms. It says, we have an altar. I like that. We have an altar. And what is our altar? Calvary. Whatever you want to learn about God, whatever you want to know about God, whatever you're hungry to know about God, whatever stirs your heart about God, whatever, whatever questions you might have, look to Calvary. Read the 25th, the 26th, the 27th chapter, 28th of Matthew. Read those chapters. 
Calvary is our altar. Now, it's not a matter of kneeling before a crucifix. It's a matter of knowing what happened on Calvary and what did happen. It's the cross of Calvary. It's the perfect sacrifice. It's where Christian law was, I'm sorry, where Jewish law was satisfied and only Jesus bore our sins. Oh, I love that. The scripture also says in this verse, and I love it, this world is not our home. I like that. I like the part that we're passing through. I like the fact that we're in transit. Watch out if you're not in transit. You're in danger. If you're not in transit, you're in danger. What do you mean, Sister Amy? Well, if this is your home, if this is your setting place, if this is where you're, you think you're going to be forever, you're in a lot of trouble. Because one of these days, it's not going to be your home, either by death or by rapture or by I don't know what else. This world is not our home. We are so comfortable, isn't it the truth? And, that, and you will find that the more you look at the things of the earth, I do not condemn them. To those that can have them, there's no, there's no reason for not having them. So long as our heart is open to what he would have us to do, well, we, we have no problem. Always remember, Jesus said the poor will be with you forever. He didn't say become poor forever. He didn't say that. He said, the poor will be with you forever. And what does that mean? You want to do good deeds? They're there. You'll find them everywhere you go. You'll find little shanties like we did in Paraguay. You'll find little tin roofs wherever you go. But you know something? I got news for you today, and you're going to be frightened, but I don't care. You may say to me, sister, I don't have to worry about that because I'm not rich. Okay. Let me tell you something. Whoever is tight with their half a million or their million is in the same state of affairs of the guy that's tight with his quarter. Now say amen. amen. Do you understand what I'm saying? You say, oh, he's rich, he can do it. No, no, that's not it. Now we're talking about attitude. Now we're talking about spirit. Now we're talking about reality. And our, I, I thank the Lord. I thank the Lord. I want to, I'd like to put a dumb sign, but I'm not going to because some fool might be dumber than me. But I'd like to put on my, on, you know, on my door, when the rapture comes, everything in this house is yours. Okay? Don't even look for me. Because by that time, you know, this, this earth will be well prepared for the disappearance of the saints. I mean that. Kids aren't afraid of demons anymore. You know that. Their toys are demons. Isn't that, isn't that something? Isn't that, isn't that horrible? I had little dolls. I had little glass dolls from Japan with a little bow here. She cost three cents, and I bought her every time my father got paid on Friday. You think I was dumb enough? By the end of the week, she always broke. Don't ask me where she fell. She always fell. So every week, I needed a new glass doll. And I got it, because I got a nickel every Friday. That's a lot of money. My brother would look at me and say, you're so stupid. Your three cents goes in that doll. And then two cents, for what? But that, that, you see, that's what I wanted. That's exactly what I wanted. It's all I had, and it was my greatest joy. 
Folks, I want you to know, and I say it to you from the bottom of my heart, hang on to whatever you have loosely. Very loosely, that's all. Loosely. Be a, be a good steward. Know what you have. Count it up. Give it to God. You know what I mean. But hold it loosely. That it doesn't hold you. You hold it. And you will administer as God gives you the grace to administer. I say that because so many times we look at rich people and we almost want to tear them apart. But I've got a lot of poor people that are so stingy they can't see straight. I got people that have sewed up their pockets, make sure nothing falls out. I have people that I personally know I can't talk to them about money. And guess what? I don't. Why? I don't have to. I have a source that he doesn't have. I have a source that she doesn't have. I have the man that owns the cattle on the thousand hills. And I'm not talking Baba. I'm not sublimating. Whatever I need will be met through God's grace. And in his good time, praise his holy name. Now we are moving out. This is not our home. I love my daughter Damaris. She's so precious, Damaris and Rod. For the last year, they have not had a living room. They got three chairs. I run in like a dynamo, because I've got to grab one of those three chairs, okay? And when I get up, I sit Joe in my chair, say, no te mueva. Okay, everybody else is young, they can sit on the floor. No, she's not poor, it's just time to go out and buy the stuff. But do you, do you understand what I'm saying? Do you understand what I'm saying? May we live according to God's grace. May we live like this world doesn't really mean anything to us. We will walk, we'll be comfortable, we'll talk, we'll love. But as far as, whoa, now that's dangerous. That is very dangerous. We offer the sacrifice of praise to the Lord that I love. And what is our sacrifice of praise? It may be a beautiful hymn, it may be a song, but our sacrifice of praise is by telling others about Jesus. Tell others about the Lord. You say, Sister Amy, I don't tell others because the first thing they say, tú estás en la religión. Yeah, I don't tell anybody. They ask you, are you in the religion? And, and, and I tell them, tell them, no, it's not religion. Jesus, I have a good friend. I found a good friend, and his name is Jesus. Share him with others, not on a crazy tone. I remember the little old lady in Thessalonica. She said to me, my husband is such a sinner. And I said, darling, what are you doing to win him? She says, every night when he comes home drunk, I stand over his bed and I say, alcoholico, pecador. Sin vergüenza, te vas a morir y vas para el infierno. I said, oh my God. Con razón no se convierte. Ni yo tampoco. No wonder he doesn't get converted. I wouldn't either. Look up and see that witch and say, what? I don't even want to go where she's going. No, we don't do it that way, folks. We do good and share him in our goodness. We obey our spiritual leaders. That's the end of this chapter. Obey your spiritual leaders. They watch over your soul. And God will judge us. So just be obedient. And then last but not least, give them reason to report joyfully to the Lord as to what's going on with the sheep. 
and I do that every day. I tell the Lord all about you people. I tell him every day about you. I tell him every morning. Why? Because we're not here to be important or big. We're not here to simply say, look at what I've got. Oh, the devil whispers into my ear many a time, hey lady, you people have the biggest place in the Bronx now. <laughs> you know what happens? Size 45. No, that's not what it's all about. That's not what it's all about. May everyone that come through those doors, as simple and as plain as this place is, hear that Jesus loves them. And when they sit down, may they feel the warmth of his love. And by the time they leave, may your smiling face and your handshake and your greetings to them be enough to prove that we've got something. They don't know what it is, but we got it. And what we have is Jesus. And that's what I said to you last week. Deliberate sin has no redemption. But when we turn around and tell the Lord that Calvary will be our altar and we will stand before God, we will give him everything we are and everything we're not. I love that chorus. It's the only one that makes me want to dance because that's the way I feel. I'm going to give him everything I am. I'm going to give him everything I don't have. I want to be what he would have me to be. Say amen.